Good morning, 2.15 a.m. on a Sunday morning. Um, welcome to the next episode, episode three of the CBO Narrative. I, um, Ironically, the topic I'm going to broach is time management, uh, and I've had some challenges around it uh, in my own sort of world, and, and that's why there's been sort of a week lag time since the last episode, so apologies. Uh, I, I definitely want to get this content out on a consistent basis, be it that I'm, you know, asking for to borrow your time. So um, again, we'll we'll try to get a little more consistent, but uh, you know, I'm still sort of very new to this. So uh, and the, some of the feedback that I've gotten so far, it feels like people are getting some things out of it. So I definitely owe it to you guys to be a little more consistent, but anyway, let's just get right into it. I think, um, just to recap in the past episodes, you know, I started on this whole professional development train. Um, you know, that I knew that was a concept I wanted to talk about. I didn't know how was I, how I was going to format, you know, there's no sort of like progress or or, or checklist um, or order that you, um, that you would have to take these tools. I kind of just wanted to brainstorm about them and, and just talk about some of the different um, techniques and um, sort of best practices that I've learned over just life experience in both you know professional and personal um, perspectives. Now, you know, I talked about networking. I talked about transactional interactions versus investment opportunities, um, the power of listening. I talked about you know, perfecting the elevator speech, um, some tools that I'd use, you know, um, knowing the gate, gatekeeper, getting to know the gatekeeper, playing the name game, or um, building, you know, credibility and being transparent in all of your transactions to make them opportunities. I think, I, you know, I kind of went over these, and, and you can listen in on the other episodes to sort of get some insight as to how I saw things. But again, for those that are new and are just listening to this episode, obviously give the other ones a listen as well, but know that there's no editing here. There's no, uh, this is all sort of like a one take thing. You know, as I'm talking, my, my four-year-old son is sleeping on the couch. So again, it is a possibility he wakes up and makes a guest appearance. Um, don't be surprised. But let's get into it. So time management. I think um, this is a very important tool or at least an important avenue of professional development that um, can always use improvement. I feel like we're never going to be perfect in this realm, but it'll be good to know some of the things to remember uh, to help better your time management. And again, this is what I've done learning through trial and error. Um, learning from sources, other other professionals, other peers that are way better at it than I am. So let's go back to the concept when I mentioned time management. And I think the one quip that I had brought up, brought up about it in the last episode was you know, time management is not really about the time per se. You know, the time is static. Everyone has the same 24 hours in the day. Um, you know, all the successful people, you know, the Bill Gates, the Warren Buffetts, um, you know, all of the rich people, all the successful people 
and all of the not so successful people. We all have the same 24 hours on the clock. It's how do we manipulate this time to our advantage? How do we be more effective in utilizing the time that we have to be productive? Um, I think that's a very generic sort of question. And, you know, people ask this, and I'm sure there are professionals out there who are way more versed than I am that have seminars and charge money um, to teach you some of these things or to reiterate some of these things that you already may know. But to me, um, I think it was very eye-opening, again, bringing up the um, this training class that I had uh, for work. And one of these topics was time management. And I think the one sort of concept that opened my eyes, now compare this to some, you know, I guess like how some people who approach like fitness and say they want to lose weight. So what's the first thing they do? Obviously, besides researching or researching like different, um, eating regimens and workouts and stuff. Probably the common denominator is at some point you end up having to do some sort of um, tracking, you know, MyFitnessPal or these like they have like downloadable spreadsheets and templates. And you're keeping track of what you eat, macronutri- macronutrients and, and like, you know, the protein and the carb intake and are you doing keto or Atkins or there's all these different like diets and different templates and and documentation so for time management the same task was asked of me to do it was very eye-opening and you know that's a time audit before you embark on this whole i want to make my days more productive more effective you know utilize this 24 hours that again we all have right we all have the same amount of time do a time audit Like, don't change what you do, but in one day, just kind of keep track of how much time it takes for you to do the tasks that you do during the day. You know, check an email. You stop to check your phone. You stop to get up to go to the bathroom. Um, You go to lunch. Um, You do all these tasks, and you need to understand how much time it takes. Because I think that will be the eye-opener for you, is you will understand how much time you're spending on everything you do in the day. And right away, you'll start to identify opportunities for improvement. We all have them. I still have them. I mean, I'm obviously not... I'm I'm taking advantage of of some of the time I have being awake at 2, now 2.22 a.m., Um, Where I probably could be sleeping, but, you know, I I felt it'd be productive to get this content out. And I'm doing it now when everybody's quiet and sort of asleep. So do a time audit. Um, Go over everything you do in one day. And really assess, am I making the most of my 24 hours? Now, mind you, again, I'm not saying, you know, don't sleep. You know, stay up the whole night. To, to fully take advantage. I mean, I mean, let's let's be let's be rational. I mean, we are humans. We need to sleep. We need to eat. We need to do some of the things like the basic sort of tasks to survive. So I'm not saying forego those things uh, for for some some other project or, or work or something else. I mean, do those things. Right. Spend the time with your family, uh, but that doesn't mean you don't track it. 
um, just because it is time with your kids and, you know, you want to give the time to your kids or the time to your parents or the time to your family, you don't necessarily want to track it. You still should, because I think it gives you an idea of how that day breaks down. So do a time audit. Once you've done that and you've sort of understand, you understand now what it is you can improve and and how you can improve it, there's a couple things I like to sort of go over in my head as I plan my day. Now, one of the most important tools I heard, I, I learned right away that is a godsend, something that I never really do. It's a very simple task, but it works and it's an efficient use of your time. So at the end of your day, whenever your day ends, whether you work a nine to five or you work a second shift, whatever time that is that your day, quote unquote, officially ends, take 10 to 15 minutes and write down those five to seven really important sort of tasks or, or, or bullet points of what you want to accomplish the next day. This is a key, key, key tool to time management because, you know, and I'm still victim to it when I don't do it. I think a lot of my time is wasted, you know, as I sort of, you know, wake up and so again, let's fast forward, right? Uh, Let's give you sort of an example where I'll wake up, you know, and get ready and the kids get ready and we take them to daycare and I spend an hour and a half in traffic and I get to the office and I look at my calendar to see what my meetings look like for the day. And I start looking at emails. You know, half an hour, 45 minutes will go by before I get settled in. And then I start to look at my tasks for the day and say, okay, well, what am I going to do? So things like that happen. You're wasting this time. You, It's like, imagine you know that you have to get on this road trip to drive to Florida uh, and, but imagine you just, you know, you grab like some of the stuff that you know you need, but you just hopped in the car and started driving. No sort of plan. And at the end of each night, you sort of just stopped the car. Didn't think about how much more distance you had, or if you wanted to, if you needed to get gas or so just important tasks. And so you ended up just waking up the next morning just and started to drive. And then as you drove, you started to assess the things you may need. I need to use the bathroom. I need to go eat. I need to get gas. So it's sort of the same concept. I think just prepare yourself for the next day by spending 10 to 15 minutes at the end of your day. Maybe even bake it in so that it's the last 15 minutes of your day. So you're not going over. And just, you know, Write down you know, whatever vehicle it is you need to to keep track of these tasks, whether it's a, a software, an app, your phone, um, audio notes, a dry erase board, a notebook. Write down five to seven to nine to whatever tasks, like important tasks you think you know you're going to do. Write those down. Prioritize them, set them in order, and have that ready. So that, as now we segue into another, the next sort of concept is, the beginning of the day is crucial. It's crucial to how the rest of your day goes because you set the pace. Like I said, you if you walk into your day sort of lollygagging and not, you know, flying by the seat of your pants and sort of freestyling it off the cuff, yeah, some people can get away with that. It's not sustainable 
but you can get away with it. But I think the majority of us struggle because then we're spending a lot of time sort of spinning up, right? Trying to get up that ramp up phase to when you actually start working or are in the groove. And by then, half the day's gone. Then it's lunch. Then it's an interruption and you have lunch. Then you got to do it all over again coming back from lunch. So my point is do that due diligence at the end of the day to set up your next day. When you get into the office, when you wake up in the morning, when you do what it is what you do to start your day, you already have a plan. And who's to say that plan doesn't change, but you have a plan. So you can attack the day a lot more efficiently because I think the, the unknown is what's scarier than knowing you have a lot of work because you can prepare yourself mentally. So anyways, that's the beginning of the day, right? Have that sort of set the pace. Um, to quote, uh, I think it was Lovey Smith that said when he was coaching the Bears and he was a big proponent of the run game and he I had said something to the effect of, I mean, we're running off the, like coming off the bus, we're running. And his point was, he knows he's, he, he knew that there, you know our team, the Bears at that time, was good at running the ball. They weren't a great explosive passing offense. So he said, hey, I'm going to let you know that I'm going to set the pace from minute one. Coming right off the bus, we're running the ball. And I think you should have the same attitude going into the day. You have set your tasks from the day before. Start running from off the bus. That next morning, you get off the bus and you're running the ball hit the ground running, uh, all those sort of cliche things that have things to do with running. I mean, just to say, hit, you know, attack the beginning part of your day with, with, with aggressiveness and, and energy and effort. And that will set the pace for the rest of the day. Because how that, what that leads into is if you maintain this pace in the morning, in which we're probably the most cognizant, the most aware, um, is in the morning. You will either, A, lead into the second half of the day having less work to do and kind of being able to relax and take your foot off the gas pedal, or you're opening up time to conquer some things from the next day. And that's just less things for you to have to do the next day. So again, you are now starting to like get ahead of your pace and you're able to do more work and it'll pay dividends because the efficiency quality of which your work is getting done and the speed and the timeliness of how it's getting done or when it's getting done will show. So that's, that's the next point. And I think let's, to move on, here's some like different, I guess, perspectives of like during the day, things that can help you manage your time as you sort of analyze that time audit that I mentioned and you start to identify the gaps, whether in the middle of the day or after your work day or after your day is over and going into the night and you identify these pockets of time that you could utilize or know that you can be more productive. Um, I think there's an interesting uh, survey or statistic that I had read about, which is very true, in which the human brain can, can only focus anywhere from 90 to 120 minutes at a time. Anything past that, you start to wander off. You start to lose it a little bit. 
And little by little, you lose that focus to the point where you're just sort of running on fumes. And the quality of your work is, as I like to say, garbage in, garbage out. You know, what you put in is what you get. You will be putting in garbage at that point. So the, the, the two sort of sub points to that, to that sort of stat or that, that, uh, the statement that the human brain can only focus for 90 to 120 minutes at a time. So the two sort of subpoints to drive that home is a schedule buffer time in between your tasks. It's very important because if you plan back to back meetings, and again, this happens to us, we can't do this all the time, but try not to because bake in 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 10 minutes, Whatever time it is that's that's sort of a purpose for your for your day or your environment, your work environment or home environment, then you know, obviously I'm not saying take an hour every two hours because I don't think you get anything done. But take the time, bake in the buffer time because I think in between tasks, it's good to let your brain sort of decompress for a second, take a walk, um, you know. Use some of the other tools, the relationship building, identify some investment opportunities, get up and walk around and, and interact with your coworkers, interact with your family, just do something else besides the tasks at hand. And you'll find that you'll not only strengthen those relationships by having these sort of regular conversations going back and forth, you will expand your network and you will gain a lot of knowledge that you probably wouldn't have gotten if you had booked yourself back-to-back sitting at your desk all day. So that's the first sub-point, right, is bake-in buffer time. And the the second sort of point to that is attack those tasks but prioritize them because you have to. You have to prioritize your tasks. That's just... Because you set the pace in the beginning, but you also have to have efficiency. The first part was the velocity, right? Setting the velocity with which you're going to pace yourself for the day. The prioritized part is the efficiency. I mean, you could work fast and you can have all this pace and effort. But if you're working on small tasks like, well, I'm going to make sure that if I use the bathroom, I'm going to use the bathroom. Or I'm going to make sure that... If I type this email, that I make sure that my signature is attached to it. Those are all menial tasks that you probably don't need to prioritize at the beginning. There's subtasks that can kind of be run in in parallel or you can put to the side. But prioritize. Take your more important tasks. And if you have to shave down your day to like five to seven important points versus 40 to 50, I think that's that's a good way to make sure that you're knocking things out of the park with the tasks that matter. So those are the two sub points to that. You know, is, is make sure you build in buffer time in between your tasks and prioritize them. Now, another, um, another sort of uh, point that I like to drive home with attacking your day with regards to time management is a very important, this is a very important fact because I think it really works and it's much noticeable when you don't do it is to find inspiration. So to go back to my initial sort of pilot episode and where I talked about 
And I quoted something called Kids are the Cheat Code to Life. You know, those kids, my wife, my family, that's my inspiration. And ultimately, that's what drives me to put in the effort that I put into that I put into my day to accomplish that I need to, what I need to accomplish. And some things can be inspired. Some people can be inspired by different things. It could be their dog. It could be, you know, it could be a podcast <laughs> that you're listening to that inspires you. It could be a song. It could be um, a favorite book, uh, a TV show, whatever it is. Find inspiration because if you can tie an inspirational force to your tasks at hand, it makes the effort effortless. When you're inspired, anyone who's inspired to do things can accomplish anything. And that's the great part about it is like if you're inspired at the beginning of the day, if all these things sort of fall into place. You've planned for your day efficiently the day prior. You walk into your day running off the bus, you know, and you attack the day that way. And you maintain this pace because you're inspired. You may even go faster. It just, you know, all all these sort of pieces fall into place to, again, make your day more productive, make you more efficient. Um, And I think uh, that's a very important thing. Find inspiration. This is what drives us. And that inspiration can be a day-to-day moment. It can be a lifetime moment. It can be for the next year, in the next five years. Whatever it is, find the inspiration and tie them to your goals. Because your goals can be long-term, they can be short-term. If you can tie inspiration to each one of these goals, it just makes it much easier. Otherwise, we're just robots, right? We're just sort of checkmarking these tasks that we have to do every day. And that's not how you want to approach it because it'll get mundane. You'll either get bored or tired of doing it or not inspired. And that's where you don't want to be. So that's the majority of it. Now, I will take two more points to kind of close off this subject of time management. And there's two other important tools that I wanted to mention. Um, Number one is, in spite of all these, I think, important viewpoints on time management, I think we all need to learn how to say no. That's, uh, I mean, that's an important point. Because in this sort of like rat race where we're trying to accomplish what we can, we're inspired, we're planned, we're paced. You get, everything is locked and loaded. And sometimes you take on too much and you don't know how to say no. And whether it's because you're this like alpha male, competitive with yourself, competitive with your peers, in which you want to just assert your dominance and say, hey, I can do anything and everything that the next person can do and then some. That's great. It's great to have that inspiration. It's great to have that sort of ambition but within reason, there are times where you have to say no. There are times when you have to turn down people from, you know, from the things that they ask you to do or that they ask you to participate in. So learn how to say no. That's another time management tool. Because if you don't learn how to say no, 
you will get bogged down with additional workload and tasks to the point where you cannot manage your time. So learn how to say no. And two, once you've kind of said all these things, you set your tasks for the day and the day prior, you are hitting the ground running, you're running off the bus, as Lovey Smith said, you're prioritizing, you're baking in a buffer time, right? So all these sort of key points, and you're learning to say no when you need to say no. Sort of the end of this is trust the process. Stick with it. You know, the problem we have is sometimes we try to do too much. So if we find that we're not getting results from something within the first two, three days or a week, you tend to shift and say, it's not working and you want to do something else. Trust the process. As long as you know within reason, within logic, you've built a process that you think can work. Just trust it. It may take time to manifest. You just need to trust the process. So, you know, take all these tools and put them together along with some of your other sort of best practices. Give it a spin and if it feels like it's going to work out, just trust it and it will. It will eventually work out because if you trust the process, you will learn how to understand to adjust the tiny little things still stay within the framework of the process and still be able to execute. So that's, that's pretty much the end of time management. I know I'm kind of running long on time here. I want to keep these things sort of short and sweet. Um, the time frame of these I would like is that you're doing some cardio, you're on a bike, you're on an elliptical, you're on a jog, you're in the car driving, and you can kind of listen to this and take some tangible advice, insight, perspective, and apply it to your day. So once again, I'd like to thank everybody for allowing me to borrow your time, borrow your 26 to 30 minutes in these episodes, and I appreciate the support, the feedback that I'm getting from from the uh, people who are listening to the episodes. Um, the feedback is much welcomed, and, you know, it's Please, um, as you give these a listen, let me know. Let me know, you know, let me know what these things do for you, if it helps you. If you have some feedback or some things to piggyback on, I'm always open to hear them. As everyone who knows that talks to me, um, I'm a bit of a chatty Kathy. So I'll definitely get on the phone and I will talk. I'm going to talk with you for, for hours on end. And... You know, it's it's just one thing I, I, I really like to do. So please, whatever feedback you have, whatever sort of questions, if you want me to talk about other certain topics, again, there's no format other than I'm going to be speaking on the things that I feel I know about and that I'm good at or that I have an interesting perspective on. So with that, um, thank you once again for lending me your ears. Um, episode three of CVO narrative is coming to a close tune in for episode four, uh, in which I think we'll take a step away from the professional development for a second. And let's talk about, um, fantasy football near and dear topic to my heart. And I think I wanted to start broaching that subject at some point because in my whole time management realm, fantasy football is a large chunk. 
and I make time for it. Hell, if I could manage my time the way I manage my fantasy leagues, I might be Bill Gates. So with that, again, thank you. Uh, Episode 3, CVL Narrative. I'm out. Peace.